0: It's pride, man, that keeps me doing what I'm doing. I love to be able to lift up my shirt and go, look, this is me, 24-7, 365. It's not Photoshop. It's not, when was that picture taken, Clark? It was taken today, bitch. This is how I look, (laughs) you know what I
1: mean? If you're someone who believes that they need TRT or, or PEDs to reach their goals, then today's episode is for you. Today, we have Clark Bartram. Clark is 59 years old, about to be 60. He did his first bodybuilding competition in 1988, That was the year that I was born, so 35 years in this industry. Clark has been on magazine covers, he's been on VHS tapes, he's been on TV. Clark has literally done it all. As we'll talk about, I'm pretty sure he was the very first influencer in the fitness industry. Clark has been very open with his past use of steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, and now he lives a life where he's natural and doesn't need those things. And and I truly believe him. Not only have I looked at his lab work and so many other doctors, I just don't feel like he has the need to lie. And as he says in this very eloquently, that if he was going to do TRT, he would definitely advertise it and be making some money. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. It it goes to the, the heart of Clark and everything that makes Clark Clark. And I was extremely inspired. I had a few times that I got goosebumps through this. When we were done, uh, Josh called me and said how stoked he was just getting off the call. So Clark is the kind of person who will make you just motivated and amped up for life. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, I wanted to bring Clark on because he, uh, like I've said in other podcasts, I kind of migrate towards male role models that I really look up to, not only in the space, but just in life in general. I think Clark is a phenomenal man, a human being. Um, maybe you give us a, just for our, our guests, cause we probably have a little bit younger, uh, following. And I think that your target demographic is 15 and above. Is that right? Is that who you, you kind of coach?
0: Well, it is my target demographic, but oddly enough, I looked at my analytics yesterday on YouTube and Instagram, and I am between 25 and like 40.
1: Oh, that makes me so happy because I was honestly thinking before this in the shower, like, I know that's his target, but the guys who need him more than anyone right now is probably like that 25 to 40, the the floundering generation right now, because I think you're the epitome of what once was a normal man that nobody questioned. It was just like, that's what a man's supposed to be, but now is almost demonized, you know, <laughs> which is crazy. But I think that you are kind of the
0: epitome of that. So I'm glad that those are guys looking up to you. Yeah, we, we just glazed right over the fact that you said you were thinking about me in the shower. That's a whole... I'm sorry thing. about that. <laughs>
1: That's when I get most of my thinking done is in the shower. I just, I go through my day and, and, you know, I think about crazy things like shower thoughts are amazing.
0: They are. And, and Pharrell said it when he wrote the song happy, he was on Oprah and it's sensory deprivation. When you're in the water, when you're in the shower, you're not being distracted by all of the other things in life. And you're that creative part of you is allowed to come out. And I'm the same way. I love that. I love getting in there and just being able to, let that part of me out. But yeah, I am very happy that that is the demographic because that's being attracted to what it is that I'm saying. I see it in the gym all the time, right? The young guys walk up to me. A lot of people will, and I feel very fortunate to be in that space. But because we live in a world today that there is so much available to these kids, I want to be that guy that says, look, man, you don't need to do anything at all until you exhaust the the human machine that you are and what you were created to be. Like you have so much potential. I have this conversation nearly daily in the gym. A kid will walk up to me that either either just seeing me for the first time or has seen me in there for a while and they'll ask me the questions and ultimately it leads back to, you know, what are you doing? You know, are you on anything and all that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. That's so why I, I think we wanted to have you on for sure because Josh and I met, he's a, a PCC over at Merrick health and day after day, we saw guys coming in and Josh and I both are very open about our past and bodybuilding and performance enhancing drugs and using every, anything under the sun and now totally different direction in life. And knowing that that shit was pretty stupid and really didn't help us with our lives in any way. And so we just see these guys, you know, 22, 23 symptoms are, I'm not motivated. I'm tired. I'm, I'm not making gains in the gym. Give me TRT. And you've been somebody who's been very vocal about that. And that's something that we're very passionate about telling guys like, hold up, like not until every single box is checked, do you even need to consider performance enhancing drugs, maybe even never. And you're the walking kind of, you know, example of that at this point. So we're
0: stoked to have you, man. Yeah, I appreciate being here. So. We recording yeah. now? We're live? We're doing this thing? This we, we are. Yeah, we've been
1: recording. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, maybe you could, uh, like, you know, tell our, our guests a little bit about you, too. Like I said, you know, if they, if they don't know you, um, you go way back in the fitness industry since long before this uh, TikTok and Instagram stuff. We're talking magazine covers and uh, VHS videos. So maybe you can yeah. tell us a, a bit of your background. It'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, magazine covers were the social media of the time, and just a few of us, could get them, right? Because if you had 10 magazines, for example, and you had 10 models out there, we were all fighting for the same ability to be seen. And I love the fact that today there's so much opportunity for kids, but I've been around the industry, like you said, for over three decades. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have a love-hate relationship for the industry. It's just something that, I mean, I've made my entire living from doing this, Again, my name is Clark Bartram. For those of you who have no clue who I am, I've been on probably 130 magazine covers. I've been on Home Shopping Network, QVC, tons of articles. I've written books. You name it, I've done it in the industry. Had my own supplement line, been a face of many, many companies, and and have been very privileged to see this thing from the inside out and have a really good understanding of what this industry is all about. You know, I've seen these people competing and the ugliness that that can be at times. So I'm an open book, man. Anything you want to ask me here today, I'm going to be brutally honest about it. If people don't like it, I really don't care.
1: And you've been competitive yourself in bodybuilding too, right?
0: Yeah, I stopped competing in 97. I did, I don't know how many shows, but I started in 1988 competing in bodybuilding. The year I was born. (laughs) <laughs> the year you were born. <laughs> the
1: year I was born. Yep.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I'm in a gym the year you were born, just walking around minding my own business and in good shape, probably 165, 70 pounds, maybe. Just naturally, you know, I just come out of the Marine Corps, so I was fit. I played mm-hmm. rugby in the Marine Corps, very active. Grew up playing sports, all that sort of stuff. And I'm in the gym, minding my own business, and a buddy of mine comes up to me and says, "They call me CB. CB, you should compete." I said, and what? He said, bodybuilding. There's a show coming up. Why don't you get ready for it? I'm like, get ready for it. What do you do? do?" I had no concept. You know, I saw Arnold and all that, but I wasn't a bodybuilder. I didn't go to bodybuilding shows. It wasn't something that was on my radar. It was girls. That was it. I knew if I looked good, (laughs) I could get girls. And I didn't think that being all big and bulky like that was attractive. So we trained me for a show, and I entered the 1988 Muscle Mania. Which was an NPC show at the time. The Muscle as it exists today, I truly believe that that name came from me winning the NPC show in 1988 called The Muscle Mania, which all of my friends made fun of me for. Muscle Mania, what's that? It sounds stupid. But <laughs> Lou Zwick, the guy who originally promoted Muscle Mania, called me up like he does after somebody wins a show and says, hey, send me all your photos. So I just. Sent him some photos. Next thing I know, the muscle mania, as we know it today, became a thing. And I'm like, what are the chances? Lou Zwick promoted this. I sent him these pictures that said 1988 middleweight and overall champion. I ended up winning the whole thing my first time out. So that was kind of the beginning of – really the beginning of my focus. Like, hey, I can do something in this sport, if that's what you want to call it.
1: Right. So did you – at that point – How did guys get paid? It was mainly like magazine shoots or were there sponsorship deals and things as well?
0: There were no. So I I like to say that I kind of invented the getting paid thing because magazine covers did not pay you. Like my son's friends and my daughter's friends would come over here and see all the magazine covers in the garage and say, oh, you guys are millionaires. Look, your dad's (laughs) on all these covers. And my kids were like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So you would get paid zero to be on a cover of a magazine. The most I ever got was $500 from Bill Phillips from Muscle Media. He was the most generous. Muscle and fitness was 300 bucks. But I owned a sheepskin store on the seashore and it was next to a surf shop. So I owned a sheepskin. Say that three times. I, I couldn't say it. Yeah. And there were surfers obviously going in and out of there all the time. And I talked to a surfer one day and he told me, That he makes money if he's, you know, whipping his surfboard up and there's a sticker on it from Billabong or whatever, he would get paid money. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get on a magazine cover and show somebody else's brand. So I remember it was a company called Body Alive. They made the tight shorts and all that sort of stuff back then in the 80s. And I was like, okay I'm going to see if Body Alive will pay me money if I get their brand on the cover of a magazine so i worked it out to get a thousand bucks If I and i have it, it's right in my garage right across i had it sewn on the waist because it wasn't on there i had it put on there and it was actually backwards in the photo and this was like the very beginning of photoshop so they were able to turn it around i believe nice. i would have to go look but anyway i got a thousand bucks i'm like oh i'm on to something here i can i can turn these pictures into money when nobody's getting it so then i started thinking wow there's an opportunity here for me so that's when the big idea came where if you're in the magazine like if you advertise your brand inside of the magazine a full page in muscle and fitness it might cost you thirty thousand bucks so i start thinking what's the front cover worth if someone paid for this it's got to be worth 100 grand Okay, they're not paying me, but I got a $100,000 advertisement for Clark Bartram on the cover of this magazine. So I started shopping those things around, and then the brand deals came. So I started getting opportunities. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was kind of when the whole fitness modeling thing was born. There were a few of us doing that, like me, Michael Hearn, Frank Seppi, Christian Boving, Sebastian Siegel. We were the five guys really fighting for the covers at the time. So. That's
1: awesome. The OG influencer. Yeah. yeah. The influencer. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And now you've been pretty vocal about your natural status. You and I have done a video that has gone, you know, I say kind of viral over, you know, on your platform where I went over your lab work and uh, I'm sure that at the time, at least that you got those labs done and I have no reason to believe otherwise that you're not all the time, natural, you know, very, very natural in that lab work. Um, I talked to your coaching students or, or participants, whatever you would call them about this. And, you know, we clipped it for Instagram and YouTube and stuff. And so now, now you're very, very natural. Um, but in the past you have been open with, there was some usage there, right?
0: Absolutely. 1988. I'll never forget it. Maybe 89 So I win that show and I start kind of hanging around that crowd now, right? Because I'm now a bodybuilder. I'm a champion of the muscle mania. So there was this, I'll never forget it. There was this powerlifter guy that came in. There were three powerlifter guys that came in. They were all bouncers at a strip club. So I managed the gym and they would come in and train. So we start talking and I remember one of them dropped 315 from here and just smashed his chest. But his name was Ian. Crazy dude, big crazy guy. We, they went to eat one time at a Farrell's restaurant. This is how nuts these dudes were. I'm getting to a point here about steroids, but they would just constantly be eating. So Farrell's was known to have this like five pound ice cream sundae or whatever. This dude eats this entire Sunday, two of them. So he had like 10 pounds of ice cream, whatever the amount was. It was a lot of ice cream. He's in a car. He throws up in his hands. <laughs> And then he's like, I can't waste the calories. <laughs> he sucked it all back up. That's the kind of craziness that these guys were. So he says, hey, man, you know, you should get on steroids. And I was like, what? You know, I again, no concept of any of this. I've heard of steroids, but I had never been around him, never seen him. Takes me to his place, and he's got a, a closet with just a bunch of bottles up there. Pulls one out, draws a syringe out. I chickened out at that time, but that was my first exposure. I'm like, no, I'm good, because I saw him just jamming in him. And But my roommate, Pete Revis was his name. He was training for the North County Muscle Classic, which was the show at the time. He was being trained by Charles Bradshaw, which is a big name in the industry. Pete was doing stuff, and I remember one day I snuck into his room, and this was my first exposure. There was a bottle of Anavar in there. Mm-hmm. And, again, I didn't know what it was. They were little blue sh- put football-shaped pills. I go in. I open it up. I'm looking like, I steal. Looking <laughs> I take one. I leave. Now I'm on steroids. Right? Like, this is my job. Now I'm on steroids. I'm going to get strong. Next day, you know, I go creeping in his room. I take another one. Boom. So I do this three, four days, maybe a week. I don't know how long it was. But now I'm convinced I'm on steroids and I'm strong. I have video of this. I go into the gym. We slap 315 on the bench and I do it like 10 times. Racket, sit up, because I'm convinced that I'm on steroids and this is going to get me huge. Whether or not it was placebo or it actually kicked in like that, I don't know. But that's how it all started. So then, you know, I get on some testosterone and do the normal stuff that everybody does. You were able to go to doctors back then and just show up Mm -hmm. at a doctor and get a physical. It wasn't a, a schedule one drug or anything at the time so we would just show up to a doctor in LA get a physical matter of fact one time I remember my wife who is back here sleeping right now she was my girlfriend at the time the trunk was open she was in the back seat and I had all of what I got I got some test it was test and deco that was the thing that everybody did so I had it in my hands right and the trunk was open and there was a little gap there she's looking through the gap and I thought I was sneaking but the whole time she was watching me I didn't tell her why we we're going to LA. Boom! Shut the thing. Get in the car. Driving home. She's like, "What were those bottles in the car? You know, in your hand? What were you putting in the trunk?" I'm like, "Oh, well, you know, Gatorade." <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> well, I tried to lie my best, but you know, I was exposed. So I, you know, I did a few cycles and got gained a bunch of weight. I think the heaviest I was two twenty something like that. I was strong. I was big. I mean, it worked <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
1: And then there was a point sometime when you decided to be natural and be kind of outspoken about that, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the whole bodybuilding thing ran its course. I didn't like being that big. My back always hurt and it just wasn't Mm -hmm. comfortable. It wasn't attractive. It wasn't something that I was interested in being, right? I didn't want to be a bodybuilder because early in my career, I heard a bodybuilder say to Ralph DeHaan, a photographer he looked at him and I was helping. I was adjusting the lights and doing all that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm putting stuff in a bag and I hear the guy saying after the shoot was done, he said, I'll call you next time I'm in shape. And I was like, next time I'm in shape. What if I'm always in shape? So it was at that day and that moment that I decided I'm just always going to be ripped. And it wasn't something that I wanted to be on drugs to be ripped. I knew I had the genetic ability to look a certain way and all those Drugs just got me bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And again, that wasn't something that was interesting to me. I didn't want to be Mr. Olympia. I wanted to be a model. I wanted to be on the magazine covers. I wanted to be a brand before we were talking about brands. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I'm like, I'm going to always be in shape. And that was just me training regularly. So, you know, my body settled in at 185, and I've been there ever since. I don't really change. I can look bigger one day, smaller the next, but I'm pretty steady. 185 for decades now even at the ripe old age of 59 i'm still right there i'm doing ramadan right now i'm not oh are you yeah but i just did it because my training partners were always in the gym talking trash challenging each other 15 days ago they said hey we start ramadan tomorrow i'm like oh you know i've been thinking about doing that matter of fact i gotta stop drinking it's time to start the fast right now
1: i was gonna say yeah you better stop soon yeah i'm
0: done right now so they said, why don't you do it? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take it one day at a time. So I go home that night. I had a very lucid dream about them and doing Ramadan. I show up the next day. I said, okay, you know, I'm doing it. And they said, you're not doing it one day at a time. You're either doing this with us or not. You know, they challenged me again. I'm like, all right, let's go. So my point in bringing that up is, I, you know, I, I, I'm still the same. I'm getting leaner. I feel a difference in my body, but I probably still around 182, 185. I don't, Lose a bunch of weight.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Actually, and two for the the guests listening, it's five eighteen for you right now, right? In the morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the three of us. You know, I mean, I I woke up at four thirty today. Josh, how much? How many miles did you run today, Josh?
2: Just five this morning. Five this morning. What time? uh I was out the door at five fifteen.
1: Exactly. And Clark's up at five doing a podcast, like. That's the kind of behavior, it's not drugs. And that's what we're always trying to get through. Like the drugs don't wake you up at five and and they don't, you know, you, you're still going to get hungry during Ramadan. You're still going to get thirsty, whether you're on drugs or not. They really don't do much for you. Um, you talk about like your experience of being, having a, a lot, you gained from it that day. And that, like you said, was probably placebo. Honestly, I tell my first experience of steroids, which was a, a cycle of 500 milligrams of testosterone for the first maybe few weeks, I had that placebo of like, I'm strong as fuck, you know, and I'm lifting heavy. But at the end of my cycle, I looked at my body and was like, what the fuck? You know, I, I basically looked the same as I did 12 weeks ago. I'm a little bit more bloated. Maybe I put on a little bit more size, maybe, but I'm convinced it was more due to the fact that I trained harder and I ate more, but I certainly didn't turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger in that 12 weeks, like I hoped that would happen. And then I went down this, Path of well, it's because I didn't have enough drugs. And let me add some more. Well, it's because the quality wasn't good. The pros are getting better quality, so then I would buy more expensive shit. And year after year, the results weren't there because I wasn't doing the amount of work. The time that I made the best gains ever was on the least amount of drugs I've ever been on, almost a TRT base, because I've shut down my natural production, and I just ate really well and I trained really fucking hard. And if I would have just done that from the get go, I probably would have hit my my peak without any drugs. And I think now Clark, you're kind of like the, the walking epitome of that. And Josh, you can't see Josh right now, but the dude is on, you know, his testosterone is like 600 and he's, he's a monster. He looks amazing. He's a
0: handsome fellow. So. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <He is it. laughs>
2: Thank you, Clark. And uh, I think, you know, just kind of to follow up with what Adam's saying too. Um, and it sounds like your story was similar to mine and that competing kind of ran its course, You know, you started out with a great natural foundation. I had friends that kind of talked me into doing it as well. And then you kind of get through that and you're five years removed and you look back and you're like, well, I don't like being this big. Right. Like I got into this to stay athletic, to look good long term, to be healthy. And kind of the further you go down that path, the farther it pulls you away Uh, from being like that. So it's cool to see somebody else that had the same transition. And, you know, now obviously you've carried that on for, you know, decades now. And I wish I could get that through to more guys that it's not about being big. It's do you want to be athletic and healthy for as long as you can, that allows you to do the things that you like to do on a day-to-day basis?
0: That's the key is function and athletic. But the problem is this, like there are going to be trolls that come on here that say a couple different things. Well, there's no way, you know, you're lying, period, right? So Mm -hmm. that's one thing. Even though I've had three people, Adam, you were one. Two other people since then have verified me, one of whom tested for the Olympic Committee. He was in that movie Invictus or whatever it was called, Mm -hmm. about drugs Mm -hmm. and all that, tested me. Did the same thing on my Zoom call because I'm constantly letting my guys that I coach know, look, I'm a man of integrity. I'm going to tell you, I have nothing to hide from anyone. When and if I get on TRT, I'm going to say it. Someone's going to pay me to do it. That's going to be my next endorsement deal. You don't think I'm going to do that? Come on. I'm going to be vocal and I'm going to bring people with me, but I'm still going to share the same message of, look, exhaust, like you had said earlier, exhaust everything possible before you start that because that's not what people are doing, going back to our comments about the 25-year-old kids in the gym, then the next thing people are going to say is, oh, the only reason you look the way you look is because you did steroids back in 1980. What are you, stupid? Uh, do you really think that? Mark Bell even said it on his thing. It's, it doesn't work that way, people. It's just that you're lazy. You want to you tell somebody else that they're not working hard. In in or and then the next thing will be oh it's it's your genetics absolutely I had genetic potential but my genetic potential is only as good as my ability to get up at five a.m. and all the stuff you talk about put in the work fast all day long you think it's easy not to drink water all day long I don't care about food during this fast yeah it's water that I want you know it's wild
1: that's a crazy and, thing I I have oh go ahead
0: here's finish that preaching I'm, I'm vlogging this whole process the thing that i really didn't learn, but reinforced my belief in this. It was seven o'clock last night. I was thirsty, man. We trained hard. It was hot out. I wanted water. Bad Matter of fact, I wanted Gatorade. My mind said, it's seven o'clock. You're not a Muslim. You're just doing this with your buddies. Go ahead and have the water. And I was like, if I have a water at seven o'clock when I'm not supposed to have it till 714, when the fast ends, I am cheating myself out of the discipline that I'm getting from doing this. No, fuck that. I'm staying, and I didn't have water until 734. My wife was like, why aren't you drinking yet? Aren't you allowed to have water now? I'm like, because I'm not going to be a bitch-ass dude and just be sitting there at 713 with water in my hand and the bottle open. You know what I mean? <laughs> on, yeah. man. I'm doing this to get more discipline. Yeah. And that's what people yeah. don't have. And if you're suggesting that's me, you people, you, you, we need to talk directly because you're misguided in your belief about who I am and what I believe, what I do. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Those small victories. Well, that's not even a small victory. That's a pretty big one. But I talk about, and I think about every single day in myself, little victories throughout the day accumulate, like, you know, 1% every day accumulates. Now you're, you're 59 and you try to get better 1% every day. That is a massive accumulation of victories. Um, just the other day, my legs were sore as hell from the workout we did. I went and got groceries. So both my hands are full. I have three flights of stairs to walk up to the penthouse or there's an elevator. And I was like, elevator be super easy right now. I got all these groceries. And then I went, no, fuck that. Do the stairs. And it's not that big of a deal. It didn't hurt or anything. I'm not tough and macho and I didn't do any feet. But for myself, that was a victory. You know, stairs or elevator stairs is more difficult. Let's do that. You do enough of that over a long enough period of time, it's going to be more powerful than any stairwoods, you know, there are, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. But Josh, see what he did there again? He was in a penthouse in a
2: shower. <laughs> <laughs> he had a few of your old magazines up as well. Kind of there in the shower is the whole thing.
1: I was listening to the the Mark Bell podcast. That's my podcast hour is like in the shower. That's when I I watch them. So That's yes, right. Clark, I've I've thought about you multiple times in the shower, <laughs> my friend.
2: <laughs> and Clark, I loved I listened uh, to you on Mark's podcast yesterday and uh, Adam and I both have talked about the clip, you know, where you're saying even before someone gets on TRT like it should be a prerequisite that you have exhausted everything I know that you put in the work day in and day out before I ever give you that. Um, And I just I feel like that's the thing people miss is like you have to have that foundation for that to even really for you to even be able to do that justice. Right. Just like same thing, building a business like you have to build up years of business acumen, all the work that goes on the background to actually be successful. And if somebody gives you a big loan, then you're going to be able to go and do whatever you need to with it. Whereas if day one, I just give you a million dollars and you have no experience, no foundation, you're probably going to blow it and make nothing of it. Same with steroids or TRT.
0: Yeah. You're going to pay your dues in order to get here. Right. Yeah. Buddy mine at the gym wants to open up testosterone clinics. So he saw me on the Mark Bell podcast. He, we just recently met in the gym. He's a former Marine as well. And, He's now every day talking to me about this. He's like, I'm going to make millions of dollars. i want to make millions of dollars opening a TRT clinic because he sees the – with him, he doesn't see the potential to help people.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and I'm not saying he's a bad guy. What I'm saying is what I'm recognizing, he's a business person understanding mm-hmm. that men are flocking to these things because their buddy said, hey, I got on some stuff, and all of a sudden my life completely changed. Well, what I'm saying all the time is – Their experience is not going to be your experience. They're a completely different person. And if they were lucky enough to be that guy, those results and that feeling is only going to last for so long because their lifestyle still is going to catch up with them. That bump they get is temporary. There's tolerance with everything, right? So their lifestyle is going to catch up and then they're going to start feeling like crap again and wondering what's going on. So this is where the slippery slope happens. Well, I'll just take a little bit more. I'll take a little bit more. Then if the doctor is in there and they're in it for the money and they see the potential in that way, they're just going to oblige. Oh yeah, no problem. Cha-ching, extra money. So I'm not saying all clinics are bad like that, but I'm saying a lot of them are in it to make money. They're not in it to heal and help and and maximize and optimize people to be at their best, to be athletic and be full of zeal, right? Vitality.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know when we first met, I wasn't aware of this, but I think you were just in talks with Merrick and you were pretty adamant about like, I'm not gonna back Merrick Health in any way until I go through the process and see if this is legit because you're a man of integrity and you didn't want to just go through a TRT mill where I would throw you testosterone. And I didn't really realize I was having the tests where you met with me when I wanted, we start talking and I, I got the vibe in the beginning, like this guy doesn't really like me, I, you know, and we're just talking, but then, and you warmed up because I think you came in with like, fuck this. I'm not somebody who's going to endorse a TRT mill. I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, in I'll do it for a little bit to see what they're all about, test them out. But You know, so I really got that vibe by and by the end, you know, because you and I talked and we had we aligned on a lot of stuff. And I think you saw that was Merrick's vision was not to just push out drugs to everybody. But if you so my point there is like you're definitely a man of integrity. And if you ever do get behind a clinic, I hope that people, your fans know that it's because you actually believe in them. And you have some pretty harsh standards when it comes
0: to the people that you'll you'll back. I, I do. And I appreciate that you saw that. I mean, I'm glad I was a little bit harsh coming in because I'm responsible for men. Mm-hmm. who have paid me money and believed me they saw me on social media they waited you know they're like well i'm going to watch this guy and see if he's really legit so i wore him out with my consistency mm-hmm. they finally hit a button made a call separated from their money trusted me to, to take them through a process so what i like to do is take out all of the guesswork and do the vetting of people and make sure that whoever i put in front of them They are legitimate people that I believe in, that I know are going to share a message. That way, when I am not talking to them directly, if you're consulting with them after they get their blood work done, I know you're not sitting there doing what you just said you don't, right? You're not just pushing, you're you're suggesting a vitamin, a mineral, a lifestyle hack, something different. It's like, hold off, let's wait. You know, it's not time for that yet, maybe in the future. But right now, I think, based upon my professional experience... In all this stuff in the background and all of the recent study and i've been doing because here's the thing about being a specific doctor a podiatrist a podiatrist can learn uh, testosterone right by studying right what got mm-hmm. you all of that stuff on the wall behind you studying so now you're opening books for any nurses out there or anyone that thinks that adam's not qualified it, it's just a matter of studying the information it's yeah. no differently than anyone else i'm having someone on my podcast tomorrow who is not a doctor, but he certainly could play one on TV because he studied so much and the way he speaks about longevity and, and the aging process is so beautiful and it makes so much sense. I trust this guy more than I trust some doctors because they don't look the part, right? I want yeah. someone who understands it and and looks it and lives it.
1: Well, the thing in medicine is that we learn how to, we learn sick care. We don't learn health care, which you know, I've said before. We, we learn to... Help people who are sick and keep them just on the verge of of sick enough to where they don't die. But I never went through a class that said like human optimization one hundred and one or healthy patient gets healthier. That's not such a thing. You learn you learn physiology and pathology and you learn how to get their pathology to a manageable point. You never learn how to make them healthy. If a guy if you walk into the office, Clark, my hands are tied. Like you know, if I have insurance. What am I going to do that insurance is going to approve it? My wife just the other day went into for her annual and I gave her a list of labs that she should get. Cause you know, let's check out your hormones let's see how everything's doing. She had to fight like, you know, tooth and nail to get any of these. And now she's probably going to have to pay for them out of cash because insurance is not going to do it. They could care less if a healthy person wants to get healthier, or even see where they are. Unless she goes in saying like, you know, I'm morbidly obese and my foot's falling off because I have a wound. Like that's when she would get some attention. Other than that, we don't even know what to do. So You know, doctors, they're not in the space. We don't, we don't learn human optimization. People like, you know, I know, I think you're friends with Jay Campbell, right? Yeah. Is that who you're, I don't know if you were talking about him, but yeah, guys like that, you know, have more knowledge than your standard MD or DO on this stuff because they have a passion about it. They dive into it. There's very few in the space. There's like Peter Atia is one of the only MD DOs that I under like think in the space actually thinks about longevity and, and optimization. So It's weird. It's unfortunate. I wish that there was another degree that was like, you know, for health and not just for sick. But yeah, to your point, you know, you don't need to be you don't need to have any of that basic medical training because it doesn't really pertain to this. Yeah.
2: And guys like Clark are so valuable, right? Because you're almost doing more than any physician does in a preventative sense by what you're teaching to the guys that follow you through lifestyle intervention, exercise, just healthy habits. I mean, that's going to do more for them in the long term than they're ever going to get going to their general practitioner, which is pretty crazy if you think about it.
1: Yeah, if I could give a, a plug real quick for Clark's coaching, like, I honestly wish I could like enroll my dad in this I got invited to Clark's coaching class and I don't fit I, I, I wouldn't I'd be too young to, to join your guys but I was fired up that whole weekend I was like this was so fucking cool to just be around I think there was like 60 plus guys in there on a Saturday early in the morning. Half the guys were you could see because they're on zoom they're either out walking or they're on treadmills one dude was literally squatting while talking to Scott uh, to Clark and I was just like this is so cool just men together being men and Clark is there trying to just promote them and a lot of it wasn't even talk about there was no talk about rep ranges or amount of time to do cardio or eat meat this amount of calories it was he has these pillars which we can talk about which I think are cool but it was just more of like the bringing up men and making men be men again, which was really fucking awesome. And I would definitely promote this to any and everybody. And I think you need to open up a new uh, class for like the, the below 40 year olds too, Clark, and, and monetize that because like I said, those are the guys who really need you.
0: Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that, honestly, and thank you for that endorsement. And I appreciate <laughs> it. it. It is truly born out of passion. I, I believe that I was created to do what I do. God has given me a unique look and ability to communicate and a passion and desire to connect with people. And and the differentiator with my program and a lot of programs that are out there is my men, and you saw it firsthand, we love each other. We care about each other. It's truly a community of men who raise the standard up for each other. That's why the principles are so important. It's mindset, meals, movement, community, and integrity. And what I do each day, matter of fact, this morning, I woke up to text messages from the guys that are coaching with me specifically, five numbers in those five principles on a scale of one to 10. If they're at a seven or above, I know they're fine. I don't even mess with them. But if I see seven or below, like, say, meals, for example, I'm going to message them back and say, hey, Scott. What's going on with your me? Why are you at a seven? And then they're going to hit me back. Well, you know, I went to a graduation last night or whatever. And I'm like, bullshit, that doesn't matter. There's always going to be a graduation. So I give them a pep talk. I get them back on track. And they're like, I know, I'm sorry, I messed up. I, I just got weak. That's where the integrity piece comes in, the honesty about it. It wasn't the fact that you're at a graduation. It was the fact that you wanted the damn pizza that you ate. And that's okay. As long as you're honest, me and yourself about it, then we can easily get you back on track. But if you start justifying, like eating at 7 instead of 7.14. That's where the issues come. Matter of fact, I had to check some guys last night because I have I have multiple coaches that work alongside of me. And one of the threads I was looking at, these guys are reporting their numbers and the guy's saying 11 and 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. I jumped on there in a video in Walmart as I was shopping for my Gatorade that I wanted to drink so bad last night. I said, listen, guys, you're never a 10. I appreciate the enthusiasm, the excitement and all of that. And you're certainly never an 11. If I see a fucking 11 in here again, we're out. Let's get this back into the integrity of what these numbers are about. This is not about pretending like we're all awesome. I get where you're coming from. But my job is to keep this shit in check. So all of them instantly. Yes, you're right. Thank you, coach. This and that and the other thing. And I, and I feel like an asshole sometimes doing that, but it's my job. Right. Because I understand human behavior and how we can get. And then that stuff is just not it. It looks positive, but it's not positive at all. It doesn't work yeah. for the long haul.
2: Absolutely. Great. And pretty incredible that you're that hands on to Clark. I mean, uh, just as far as fitness coaching goes nowadays, that's pretty few and far between as far as like the online platform is. Um, I'm sure you believe in that wholeheartedly, but do you, you know, feel that that's like a must for anybody as far as coaching goes, uh, you know, being kind of the head person and really hands on with your uh, clients.
0: You have to be otherwise, again, you're not honoring what that man signed up for. Mm-hmm. Now they have an option to coach with me one-on-one, which is very expensive and, and rightfully so, because I, I know what I'm worth. Plus I want to, I want to bring coaches in. So it's my price is the price angle, but I bring them in. But I am responsible to oversee this entire thing and be a part of it all. These guys need to see that Clark Bartram is involved. So I have a policy that if you message me, if you're one of my guys and you message me, you get a response within three seconds. Three seconds. My phone is all, I swear to God, man, my guys are blown away. They're like, dude, how do you do it? It, it's, It's not hard. You pick up your phone and you go, hey, listen, yeah, man, that's great. Good job on going out to eat last night and having salmon and some green vegetables. I'm so proud of you. Bleep, done, done. That goes so far. And and I love the fact, Josh, that you recognize that and acknowledge it because I was saying this yesterday. I went from Costco or I went from Walmart to Costco and continued this conversation because I actually called the coach who's in charge of that group and said, listen, this is what I did. He's like, I know, I already saw it. But I said, I forgot the point I was going to make. But anyway, it's it's just, oh, I said I would put our group, group up against any group on the Internet. There's nothing out here like this. Nobody yeah. is doing it the way we're doing it. No one.
2: Because
0: no. I know what the, the space looks like. I do my homework. I see it. There's one other guy that I would say is doing it like I'm doing it. And that's Funk Roberts up in Canada. The, the black Clark Bartram and I'm the white. Funk <laughs> nice.
2: Well, that's awesome. I love your, oh, I'm sorry, Adam. i just to uh, finish on that point. You know, I was telling Adam before we even hopped on with you. I think that's, what's so powerful about your coaching and messages. I would just say it's very wholesome and very simple in the sense that we're not going to get too scientific about the, coaching programs, I give you anything like that because I think all three of us know for the average person, that's pretty overwhelming. And most of the time, that's just a marketing gimmick that I'm going to give you some new fun tool. In reality, you know what what you're doing is building basic habits. If you want to get a little more extreme, we can certainly go down that path, but we need to just get you on something consistent, build uh, small wins and confidence back in yourself uh, that you're even going to be able to make it down this road.
0: That's all it is, man. It's so Simple. And the old saying is they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And the Mm -hmm. guys that come to me in my program know how much I care. And that's the bottom line. It sounds corny. And I'll be corny till the cows come home. And this is another reason why. The integrity piece is so important. If people see me right now and listen to me and they think I have this much passion and I want to help my guys this much, but at the end I'm lying to them about being on drugs, even a TRT dose or whatever. I heard a guy the other day. I was up at Gold's training with Michael Hearn. Ooh, I just opened up Pandora's box right there. You're, you're like, "Oh, I guarantee you're on <laughs> But anyway, I'm sitting back just observing this conversation. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm not on anything. I'm just on test and something else. I'm like, wait a minute. How did that? I said, did anyone else? I said this. I said, did anyone else hear what I just heard? This guy just clearly said, and I was busting his balls and he kind of like knew that it was a stupid statement. But I think that's the mentality of people today of, yeah, I'm not on anything. I'm just on a TRT dose. What does that mean? I mean, it just, it's dumb. So it's so dumb. It is so it's rough. like,
1: it drives me nuts too because the clinics who are, who have these influencers and advertisers, you know, they've got these massive dudes who are. Jacked out of their minds on a ton of shit and they say I'm on TRT I'm like bullshit You're not on TRT TRT is not, you know 300 milligrams of testosterone and nandrolone and anivar and peptides and all that. that's not TRT We are way outside of TRT now TRT is taking a hypogonadal male who has who cannot produce the normal physiologic levels of testosterone And bringing him back into normal physiologic levels so if you stick to the actual terms of TRT, a man on T, actual TRT should have no more ability than somebody who's normal, has normal physiologic levels. And that's what I don't, I hate with the advertising of the TRT clinics is because they tell, you know, they have the guys, they throw out these really generic uh, symptoms of, are you tired? You know, are you, are you fatigued at the end of the day? Are, do, are you lacking motivation? And all three of us here can go, yeah, I've had all that. I've experienced that every single day, but those who don't know, you know, they go, Oh, that's my fix. Let me get on TRT because that's why that influencer looks like that is because he's on TRT. So it's a lie all around. First, he's not on TRT. He's on way more. And second, testosterone is not the fix to any of those things. You know, the, the willpower and the, the heart and the, the grit and the tenacity is the fix to that stuff. Um, this is my, my rant. I, I do it every day, but I see this shit every day. And that's why I cling to guys like you, Clark, who, you know fight back against it which is awesome
0: see that's the advantage that we have over you know a regular person out there is we have the privilege of every single day of our lives waking up to emails and text threads and whatsapp threads that are proof that it's possible to make a change through lifestyle modification i witness it every single day a hundred pounds 50 pounds, muscle put on. The first guy that texted me this morning was the opposite, right? He was the hard gainer. He's trying to put on muscle. His comment was, Clark, I need a new program. He's he's the one guy, the exception to the rule, Josh, where he wants more of that detail. He wants more of – because he's a he's a chemist. He, he's a chemistry professor. So he's that guy, right, that mm-hmm. likes the, the details. And I said, I'm not the detail guy. You figure out your program, how you want to do it. I'll look at it. I'll tell you whether or not that's good. You know your thing. So, yeah, I love what we're talking about here, man. This is such a great topic and such a needed topic in this world. But the problem, again, is I'm just going to remind myself that there are going to be (laughs) trolls that pop up that say stupid stuff. Yeah, there always is. And and thank you, you know, push the algorithm, argue down here below, call me a fake Maddie and all of that sort of stuff. (laughs) Come put your money where your mouth is. Take me to any clinic, anywhere, anytime. Let's go live while we're doing it and we'll take a blood person of your choice. And when I prove you wrong, all I'm going to ask you to do is get on the internet live and say, you know what? I was wrong about this guy. I'm not going to ask you to get on your knees and beg for forgiveness. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that you need to owe me money. You have the burden of proof. So shut your mouth until you can do that, right? Like I've been living this longer than most of these people have been alive. So yeah.
1: Well, the, the funny thing is, is you could take a lot of us you who know, I've been very vocal about being on things in the past. And now I'm literally just on TRT. And, you know, I, I'm very open about I've taken every and anything under the sun at high doses. And I'll tell you, like, honestly, even at the, the peak of those doses, I probably couldn't have, have kept up with Clark on a lot of what he certainly not on his crazy ass trick shots and stuff. And then uh, when it comes to yeah, like, TRT your doesn't
0: have those the hand-eye coordination. Ex- exactly. But and like or just I like it.
1: <laughs> oh really? Gotcha. <laughs> or the uh, what is it? The bullfrog or just frog? What's the the Michael Hearn machine you do all the time?
0: The frog. It, it's the bullfrog. Just frog. Yeah, it's the. Yeah,
1: I certainly frog. couldn't yeah. do that across the goddamn football field and back, you know, for a hundred yards. That actually, yep. to be honest. Any amount of drugs I was doing would have hindered my performance when it came to that because I would have gotten insane back pumps. My calves would have been pumped, my delts would have fired up, my traps would have been cramping. And so I would have been I would have been screwed trying to do something like that. So if you're looking for like a, a Clark physique. You could certainly be natural and you would be, you would have the, uh, I think you'd have the upper hand if you were natural, to be honest, you know, having a body, like you talked about having a bodybuilding physique is actually pretty hindering. I did a lot of drugs while trying to do CrossFit because I was listening to all the stupid ass trolls. These guys are all doing drugs and it fucked me up every time I'd be in the middle of a competition. My back would be locking up because I was taking some oral or something, you know, and I'm trying to do 30 deadlifts and I'm like, okay, that's when I'm like, these guys must not be doing shit because. I don't know how they would may, make it through these events with all of that drug. You know, maybe they're using some growth hormone or something for recovery, maybe. But I don't think it's uh, – the more I learn, the more I meet guys like you and actually look at your lab work, I'm like, yeah, a lot of these guys probably are just genetically gifted, one. And number two, they work way fucking harder than you. And I'll just put it out there, you know. It's way harder 24-7. It's never off, you know. Like we talked about, you're up at – what time do you wake up every morning, Clark? Like
0: 4.30? Between – Four and four thirty. So since I've been on doing Ramadan, I'm up early to make sure I get my protein in in the morning and Mm -hmm. my water in in the morning. So I'm not I'm not sleeping past five, ten to miss that. Right. It becomes valuable. And that's another thing I'm learning doing this. Right. Is you can discipline yourself to do anything. I'm normally a guy that rises anyway. But for anyone like who is really serious out there that's looking at this and it's like, hey, I'm not a troll. I do want this. What we're saying here is really comes down to discipline and people don't like this mindset idea. It's not a marketable concept. But Josh had alluded to that just a few minutes ago. It is truly the mindset that gets you on the track to becoming a healthier version. So we're not playing reactive medicine like Adam had mentioned earlier in the fact that this is this is about us being healthier and more athletic and more functioning as we age. Because getting older is super cool, especially if you're fit, especially if you're active, especially if you can go off and play and do these things that you once did when you're a college athlete or a high school wrestler, whatever it was that you did, that you're still living in in your brain. Because my brain still thinks I'm 25. When I say I'm going to be 60 here real soon, that blows me away. Like when you wow. get to this point, you're going to understand it, you cannot even wrap your brain around this. So with me, it's pride, it's pride, man. That keeps me doing what I'm doing. I love to be able to lift up my shirt and go, "Look, this is me, 24 seven, 365. It's not Photoshop. It's no. When was that picture taken, Clark? It was taken today, bitch. This is how I look. You know what I mean? So there, there's that pride of ownership, man. You know, and and God, I, I just love this. I, I'm so grateful, guys. Thanks for bringing me on here, man. I could talk all day.
1: I'm clipping that one for a real, for sure. I Absolutely. need to get those abs. Uh, that's going to, that's what's going to make us go viral right there. That, yeah. that was it. But no, that's, that's fucking awesome, man. I, I love it. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, I keep coming back to this because I've been thinking about it a lot lately that I feel like men are lost at this point in time, like big. And I do not know everybody is and, but we're men. And so that's who I resonate with and that's who I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like I can, you know, help. And I don't know why, like what are your what are your thoughts on that, Clark? Why do you think people are so lost these days?
0: Here here's the deal with men, and and I want to acknowledge how much of badass men are, because a lot of men are getting beat up today. Mm-hmm. The reason men feel lost is because they prioritized everything but themselves. Mm-hmm. They raised families, they were good husbands, whether they're divorced now or not. They did their best to be in a marriage. They were working at a job. Like when I see today's trash day. My trash man is going to pull up here any minute at 5 a.m. and pick up my trash. I'm like, that dude is a badass. Mm -hmm. But he's up at first thing in the morning. He works hard all day. He's tired when he's done. I can understand how he doesn't want to go to the gym. So people beating men up right now is not what we need to do. We need to give men permission to put themselves first. Like every man, it's okay, brother, to take time off from being everywhere for everybody except for yourself and get back in shape. And when you get back in shape, that doesn't mean having abs. It means not going to the doctor and getting a result. That's like, Hey, you're high blood pressure. You got this, uh, pre-diabetic. We don't want to get those reports. We want you to be someone who has the energy and the vitality to go off and play with your son and, and your, your daughter, whoever it is, man. So put yourself first Get the results. Now you're going to be able to give back to all of those people. You're going to be a better employee, a better employer, a better husband. You know, what a, one of the things that I want to get out of me doing Ramadan right now is to be a better husband, is to be an example to my son who sees me when he's down there eating four egg burritos and I'm not eating anything. When we go to his birthday dinner and I can't eat until a certain time because i am disciplining myself to do certain things right? I want men to understand how powerful that is and that it's okay to put yourself out there in the front, man. And it's worth every bit of effort that you put into it.
2: Uh, yeah. Gave me chills, man, for real. Absolutely. No. And that's so awesome. Cause I totally agree with you, Clark, that I think a lot of times, you know, men are told that it's almost selfish to pursue things like that. As you said, they're needing to put first their family, their career. And obviously we all know that's very important. Obviously you've been married for many years, You know, raise children like that is definitely a part of it, uh, but there's no reason to neglect yourself alongside of that. And I love that you're saying that by you following those principles, you may not only uh, set an example for your own family, but just other people you interact with, just like with your community, everyone getting to see what, um, you know, all the other members are doing on a day to day basis to continue to make themselves disciplined is so valuable because it then builds out and creates a stronger community of men uh, as a whole.
0: Yeah, man. Dude, the greatest thing in the world to me, honestly, is, and it's so yesterday I told you I went to Walmart and I went to Costco to get the stuff. I got stopped four different times by four different men of all age groups. There was a 20 to 35 year old guy in there who recognized me. He sells solar. My son sells solar. You're Mitch's dad conversation to fitness while i'm standing there with this guy talking about it another dude walks by and goes wow man you're in great shape this young kid saw that old guy recognize this old guy and acknowledge the fact that he appreciated the work that i do so three people were inspired and whoever was in that circle to hear that conversation also heard it too another guy walks by excuse me sir you got a license? I'm like, what are you talking about? You got a license to carry those guns? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. you know. And four times yesterday this happens. You don't think that feels good? <laughs> I love yeah. it. And it doesn't boost my ego. My ego has been boosted for years. I've been on <laughs> covers forever. I'm over that. I've been the ego asshole. Now it's like this is inspirational shit because I know all of those guys – at Walmart and Costco, who saw me walking by pushing their cart, and I'm pushing mine. I see him look at my arms. Yeah, I wear shirts that are too small for me. So what? Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like that, right? I shop at Baby Gap, but I'm pushing <laughs> my cart, and guys are looking and going, "Damn, I wonder what he does. I wonder how old he is. I wonder how much he bench presses. Whatever." So then they see me on the internet. That's that guy I saw in freaking Costco. I had a guy sign up in my program the other day. I tell you this really quick. My wife and I went to this this little local spot it's a brewery so i said hey let's go get a pizza and beer yeah i eat pizza and and do that stuff just like any regular guy i walk past the guy i see him staring at me right and it's so loud i was going to say hi but it was awkward it was weird right i walk past him again next day on my zoom call it's this guy he signed up on my program Wow. He said, man, I've been seeing Clark on the internet. He walked past me in this freaking beer and pizza place the other day. I saw him in person. I was inspired. He looks better in person than he does on the internet. I had to join this damn program. So awesome, man. that's my job. That's my responsibility. And I'm not saying I'm better than anyone's worse. I'm saying this is, this is the role that I'm in in life. And I've, I've taken this shit seriously.
1: Yeah, I love that you're there. And I love that you're promoting. Like I said, in, in the outset, like what you're promoting used to just be the norm for men to go down. Mm-hmm. And I heard a really interesting thing, another shower thought, uh, or another shower listen rather, Chris Williamson, I think it was he was talking about young men and, and when we go through and, and he said, we're under this impression that if we give people more options, that it's better. We give them more freedom. It's better. And, and he gave the example of if you go into a gene store and there's only one gene in the world, and there's one thing that you you'll always pick the right way to go. You know, they have the right path. Now, on the, the opposite, if you have a thousand different genes to pick, you have all these options and there is an optimal option there, but if you don't pick it, you know, the, the battles inside you, like you fucked up, you didn't pick the right genes. and we have all these external stressors. Now, you know, we have Instagram that we're looking at every day. This guy's ripped. This guy's a millionaire. He has a Ferrari. So you have all this external stress. You have a million different options now. And the option that once was be a provider, be a protector, uh, you know, take care of your, your household, that now is considered toxic for some reason. And so it's like, what the fuck do, do a men, young men do? You know, like going to college no longer really yields anything because we have guys who are never went to college who are making millions of dollars coding. Uh, you know, what do men do these days? You can't be a normal man. You can't marry a wife. If you're a protector, you don't think she can protect herself. You're a provider. You don't think she can provide for herself. You know, it's like what do men do? So I love that we've got guys like you who, you know, are rolling your eyes to those notions and are out there pretty vocal about this stuff. Cause I listen to all your stories. And I love when you say, you know, if you don't want to follow me, you know, so unsubscribe now cause I'm about to drop some truth bombs and you're doing it and you're not afraid. And I fucking love
0: it, man. I appreciate that, man.
1: Yeah, Josh, it's dude, cool. I
0: know Josh got
2: something coming up, man. Uh-oh.
0: What do you that? got, Josh? Yeah, you were, Josh? You were, you were going to drop got, a bomb? Oh, kind of- no,
2: I was just, I mean, so I'm 27 Clark and, you know, I know we're obviously your demographic, the coach, coach is older than me, uh, but thinking about kind of moving towards that younger demographic, I guess, what, what would really be your message beyond just fitness and obviously keeping yourself healthy in your latter twenties, early thirties, like what is your just message to guys at that age of like, what, what, even as the path that you start down, what are the things that are important to focus on? What responsibilities do you lean into? Things of that nature.
0: Well, I just go back to the conversation I had yesterday with the young man who recognized me from my son's solar business. He started saying, man, Clark, you know, I'm, I'm 38 and I'm starting to feel the effects and I don't want to go and get on TRT. I, I need to, I said, listen, brother, I talk to men every single day who got behind the curve they allowed life to get them to the point where by the time they reach my age, which is going to come faster than you can recognize the minute you start having kids and the minute you start having all of these responsibilities that pile up, that's when time starts slipping away because you're distracted so much going back to this whole sensory deprivation comment that we had at the beginning. You're distracted so much by life. It goes by so quickly. Now you're going to suddenly find yourself as a 50 plus year old man who is not in shape, who let time go by. So take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now while you're in shape. Stay ahead of it. Be aware of it. Understand that even athletes get out of shape. Even people who were once in great shape can let themselves go. So we have a responsibility to this body that we were blessed with. Mm -hmm. Like Easter's coming up, right? And people during Passover give up things for Lent. They sacrifice something, no differently than... What I'm doing with Ramadan, it's, it's, a, it's a purposeful understanding that we can let go of certain things in order to create more discipline and more spiritual connection, if that's what people are looking for during that time. So I was thinking yesterday, I'm going to do a video that says, why don't you let go of the extra 20 pounds of fat instead of the alcohol or, you know, whatever. I mean, you can let go of that, too. But the point I'm trying to make is there's some shit on your body that you should give up for Lent. I give up the laziness for Lent. Give up the stuff that you know is not serving you to be the best version of yourself possible. And man, there's the pride of ownership and being a steward of the one most precious gift on planet earth. It's our human body. We abuse the shit out of it and it still comes back strong. It's amazing to me, man. And as you know, a doctor and, and someone who understands even at a young age, how freaking resilient our human body is we beat it up for decades snort poison and do all kind of crazy shit but it still works we don't think about none of this and we take it for granted like prioritize it and watch what happens to it i challenge everyone man to be an experiment like be an experiment with yourself find out what applying mindset and meals and movement and community and having integrity about it does see what you can do. Don't look at it like a diet. Look at it. as like, what can I do with my body? How much can I change? Can I get back to how I felt back then? You know, and, and the answer is yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Absolutely. That I know all. you, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead
0: I'm sorry. Oh, I was
1: going to say, I know you prioritize fitness and I love that too because I think that and Josh and I've had this conversation many times, what you gain from fitness like you said, it really doesn't have much to do with the physique that you walk around. I know you like to look good and that's an awesome byproduct, but the things that you gain from saying no to the cake when it comes around to pushing through when the reps are burning super bad and you want to give up, that all translates. Like I said, those many victories, you're having them every single day through your fitness, they all translate to, to life. You know, It makes you a better husband. It makes you a better employee or a better entrepreneur or all of that. You, know, you develop all these these habits and this discipline and, and mental resilience, uh, through fitness. So the, the body's a cool part, like I said, it's a byproduct, but I think it's the least of what you gain when you prioritize physical fitness.
0: Yeah. When you become an example, one of the greatest things that I love is when I go out to dinner with a group of people and nobody will order until they know what I'm going to order. They're like, I'm going to order shit to Clark. I want to know what he's doing. They all start to feel guilty. They, they they understand that what they're doing is not serving them well. So now all of a sudden an example shows up. And again, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone's any worse. What I want people to understand is like, I love being that guy that put pressure on myself first. Like I had to put the pressure on myself first in order to put pressure on somebody else. And I'm not doing it intentionally. I'm doing it by energetically. I'm doing it by example. I'm doing it by just showing up. So all these people are like I'm having, you know, whatever Clark's going order, that's why I'm going to have, I'm like, that's great. If you can continue to do that consistently, you're going to get the results. And that's the sort of energy I transfer to my coaching guys. And I sit back and I watch them do this without me being involved because they're already infected, right? They're already affected. In 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 the, it. There goes my garbage man right there. Go, <laughs> guy, go! I love that freaking guy. Oh yeah! American. I call my guys up, man. My UPS guy. Anytime I get a box, he walks up. I bust it open. I'm like, hey, somebody sent me this. Want to try it? That's, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's
1: awesome, man. I I'm gonna. I'm going to piggyback off what you said and divert a little bit just to make another po- poke at the uh, the woke ass community because this is something I've thought about for the past like I don't know decade while I've been in it. You go to dinner and people want to see what you ordered and you know I've been at workplaces where. <laughs> donuts come around or something. And, and I say, no, I don't want it. Everybody in the office will start talking shit. Oh, you don't want donuts. You're healthy. Imagine if I flip that and was like, Hey, fat ass, look at you having a donut. Like, why is that not? Okay. It's so crazy that we make fun of, uh, and we, we always are talking shit about the healthy individuals. But if you so much as even say now that being fat is unhealthy, that's the worst possible thing. And, and, you know, you you're a bigot and what have you. It's just great. I just wanted to make another poke at the crazy rationale that we live in today.
0: Misery loves company. That's that's a yeah. true statement. Right. But here's what I tell my guys all the time. Your circle wants to pull you back into the ugliness that they're living in and relating to their body. Right. hmm. But at the same time, they want someone to be the shining star, the north star, to prove that it's possible to get out. So the easiest thing to do is like, come on, bro, just have a donut. Oh, you're on another diet. Oh, you're following that Clark guy. Oh, you're on steroids, too? I know the (laughs) conversation, right? But at the same time, all of those guys are thinking – God, I hope he does it this time because I feel like shit. It's the ego. It's the pride in a bad way that gets in front of them. They let this bullshit conversation come out when they know deep inside that they don't feel good. They don't look good. I mean, if a guy can't take his shirt off while he's having sex with his wife or he can't turn the light on or he won't take it off at his daughter's birthday party because the neighbors around that's going to see he's a fat ass and he's out of shape and he doesn't feel good. Yeah, I said it. You know what I mean? It's just true. If if look, I said this a while ago and it what that blew up on the internet. I said if I can't describe a person by their ethnicity, like if I can't say all oh, that, I, I ran into this black man at Costco the other day. He was an older guy, he was a Marine. If I can't describe somebody like that, I don't want to live in this world anymore. If I can't say fat anymore, I'm fucking done. You <laughs> know what I mean? Because it, it it's not shaming. Like this right. is muscle, right? And and this is fat. They're, they're real things. They're real things. It's an objective description. Yes. So now if we take that out of our vocabulary, because people don't want to hear the truth, then, you know, I'm yeah. going to be an expat and just freaking go and, and pack my shit up and, and go Paul Jay Campbell down to Mexico and hang out. Hell yeah.
1: And I, I also want to touch on the fact that, like you said, you still have pizza and beer. And this is one thing that I think uh, my wife would be really mad at me if I didn't uh, bring up because she's a dietitian and coaches with all of her people. Like she tries, she's one of those like anti diet dietitians to where, like, okay, you don't need to be as extreme as like carnivore. You don't need to be counting every single little thing. Um, but my day to day life, man, I maintain a six pack year round too. So does Josh. Clark does now at almost fucking 60 years old and honestly if i'm being 100 honest it takes very minimal effort you know i stick to pretty basic things like josh i went out to breakfast the other day when we met up and both of us he ordered a few extra eggs and i ordered a side of chicken breasts. that's how our our breakfast differs we didn't get the you know the loaded French toast and syrup and everything all over. We got some eggs and some toast and hold the butter—a small thing like no butter on the toast uh side of chicken breast. I still got to go out and have breakfast, and I got a latte, and it was very normal. I did not feel like I was restricting anything. You know what I mean? And I ninety percent of my meals are very good. Like you know, I'll have rice and a lean meat and no real sauces or butters or anything. And then we go get pizza and beer sometimes, like you know you did. And that's all it really takes. And so that's another thing that I'm always trying to preach to is like to have a physique that's actually like admirable in society takes very little work. It takes picking the stairs over the elevator. It takes getting, uh, holding the butter or sauce on the side, you know, little small things like that that accumulate. And I love that you coach that.
0: Yeah. One thing that's important right now, we can settle the age old question. You ordered the chicken. Josh ordered the eggs which came first, (laughs) which did it.
2: I I think it might've been the same time. So the quick might still go on forever. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's funny. And to that, to that point too, I'll divert again, I'm just going all over, but earlier you had talked about like the testosterone and the guy who you know feels like crap. My question is always, is it the chicken or the egg when it comes to, why is your testosterone low? And what I wish that more people would think about is You know, when guys come in with low testosterone, now we're really big on talking about all these things like, oh, it's touching receipts. The fuck, like receipts? I don't know if you guys have heard that, but people are saying it's because what it rubs off and low. Like, I'm sure Clark touches some receipts here and now. You know, and oh, it's the estrogens in the plastic or something. I'm sure Clark drinks plastic all the time. You know, he got Gatorade. He just admitted to it. So. Is it that, or is it the fact that these guys with low testosterone almost always have high fasting insulin? They almost always have skewed lipids. Like when somebody tells me my diet's dialed in, I always want to do that like Jerry Springer, like, well, the results are in, you know, and you lied basically. Like your diet, tell I can see what your diet is because your HDL is crushed. Your LDL cholesterol is out the roof. You have pre-diabetes. Like I literally, this is not a joke. One time I was doing a consult with a kid he tells me his diet's good as he's literally reaching out and pulling in uh, McDonald's or Burger King. And I was just like, like, this is what people do. And and yeah, his testosterone's low. I don't think it was that Burger King receipt. I think it was the Burger King Whopper personally. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, your, your optimal testosterone, uh, and you're pretty open about the, you know, you sell like testosterone boosting supplements and I've heard you tell your guys that, Don't buy any of these things. They're not going to do shit for you unless the five pillars are, you know, you're at least getting that nine on those. And then at that point, if you want to get to that nine and a half or even that nine point two five, that's when you add in my supplements.
0: I've refused to sell guys like I had my own testosterone boosting, natural testosterone boosting supplement that I spent a lot of money to create because I wanted the best one. I refused to sell it to guys. I'm like, no, you don't qualify to buy it. Because a $97 purchase to me, and that's how much it was to, for this product, wasn't worth my integrity and my character and all of the years of consistency that I've built up. Like the profit on that wasn't a lot. So it's not worth 30 bucks profit to me to have a guy come to me and go, well, this didn't work and you're bullshit or whatever, no. I want to teach you some other stuff first. We'll add that in because my fifth principle used to be supplement, supplementation. And then I switched that. I, I moved the supplementation into the nutrition because that's where it belongs. And I put the integrity piece in there because I realized that's important that the integrity part, both in reporting how you're living your life and just living your life in general, right? A lot of guys, you could suppress your testosterone by being a liar, a cheat and doing all this sort of stuff because you just feel like shit you know you're not being a person of integrity so that negative energy could push all of that stuff down what is it it's stress <laughs> you know you're yeah. adding stress to your life by being an asshole or being whatever a man of, that that isn't in having integrity
1: yeah that's awesome i love that you said the you know they may come back without results and now imagine if like in my shoes i tell somebody go use testosterone which is going to make it so you have to be dependent on that now for likely ever a lot of times, and I see it more often than not guys come in from other clinics and things like, I don't feel that great. It wasn't what I expected. And I'm like, fuck, I know I wish I could just put out an ad like testosterone is not that special. It's really not. Like I said, I've had testosterone up to like 3000 before and you think that I like woke me up out of the morning like I want to go get all those reps in and I want to eat better. Hell no, I still had all the same internal conflict of Hmm, the bed's warmer than it is outside. It's 4 a.m. I don't really want to go to the gym. It didn't do anything for me when it comes to that. You know, that was all me and my discipline. Um, so the, the testosterone to harp on this over and over and over again is not the answer until you figured out everything else until you've gone through Clark's program and you're sending him, you know, at least a nine at that point. OK, if you're actually getting a true nine and, and even Clark signs off on it, come over and let's uh, let's start the TRT because we can get you better, you know, but until then I'm not going to do a thing.
0: Yeah,
2: or if you hit us with cool. an eleven, we'll know it's bullshit, right, Clark? Exactly. No <laughs> yeah. If you,
1: if you hit us with an eleven, Clark's just going to give your money back because yeah. you don't need him anymore. Yeah, because Clark's like a, a good ten point three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. Well,
0: we could go on. I know this is the Atlas Hour. I don't want to keep you guys longer than I, I have some questions that would extend this conversation, but maybe we save it for another time. I don't know.
1: Sure, man. We could, I could come, we could do yours someday or, or I don't know. I think uh, I would love to do more with you, man. I, like I said, you really inspire me. And uh, I know I've told you in, in our, our personal conversations, but I'm glad to call you a friend and definitely like a mentor. It's awesome.
0: I feel the same way. And Josh, it's a pleasure to get to know you. And I, I'm excited. There are young men out there that are really living the lifestyle that have the experience that can speak from both sides of this equation. And I can feel your passion to do this, man, I just want to encourage both of you to continue to go out there and do what you do, even in the face, or especially in the face of all of the people who don't necessarily understand why you do what you do. You know, we refer to them as trolls, but they're just people with limited belief, right? They should go read the book, the big leap by gay Hendricks because there's an inability for them to understand what the possibilities are because they've reached their belief limits, Mm -hmm. They're at the top of what they think is possible. So they automatically default to, oh, that's not possible. That's just, that's, that's low level thinking, right? I don't want to be around people like that. I want to be around people who understand that there are people out there in this world who are going to next levels because they believe that it's possible. And age is not something that should hold anyone back from accomplishing anything. I'm building a very strong business at the age of 60 when I couldn't do it at the age of 30 because of all of the life experience and the people that I've been able to bring into my life to teach me, to help me get beyond those limiting beliefs. So there's a world full of people with limiting beliefs and I'm just gonna challenge those people out there, instead of trolling us, like really think about it first. Honestly, I'm I'm appealing to your common sense right now and saying, listen man, think about what you're gonna say first. We're all here, if you didn't figure out we're very passionate and wanna help people, you're, you're truly a person that has no emotional intelligence. Really, you are. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just stating a fact. But listen to it and be less judgmental and more open to what the possibilities are. And I promise you, if you do that, you're going to come out the other side better because these are good men who want to encourage people to do things that they know based upon their experience is going to help. So am I. So...
1: That's awesome, man. I wish I could hug you right now. Yeah, you're, you're I'm I, yeah, exactly yeah, you're, <laughs> a group air <bear> hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. You're awesome. I appreciate it. I, I thank you so much for what you're doing for men society and and everybody and even you know, all the young guys that follow you 1.2. I think million followers on TikTok now, right? Yeah that's phenomenal so you're changing, you're, you're inspiring 1.2 million human beings just on one platform um, you can also find Clark over at Instagram that's his handle that was uh, you know below him right there he's also on YouTube you have your own podcast too right yes and if you're ever awesome. in California
0: either one of you I'd love to have you in the room right like let's this do is one it thing. imagine if we were all in the same room we'd Absolutely
2: be hugging right, right now
1: it, it might be too much for me, man. I've had a lot of shower thoughts about you. It's going to be <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> I'll be the
2: mediator it. between you two. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's definitely do that, man. We appreciate it so much, Clark.
2: Yeah. All right, and guys. Clark, thanks. thank you for those encouraging words. I mean, it's, you know, I, I told Adam, Adam, even when we first started this together, you know, as someone who's lived this lifestyle for many years, I've always wanted some way to share this with other people. And I'm just like both of you. I never did it out of a place of wanting to, I guess, get anything other out of it, other than just what it did for me. And now the ability to help others with it is super impactful. So, you know, it's very encouraging to hear you say that, because I just think at the end of the day, that's really what all of our message is about is we want other people to feel as empowered as this lifestyle can make you and how that then transcends in all other aspects of your life. And And Out.